it is. Uh, I asked Pastor Richard if I could come out just for a few minutes um, to talk to you guys a little bit about outreach. You know, this year we've created something new. We're really focusing a lot on outreach, and I just wanted to share with you some of the things that God has put in my heart for it uh, because we're starting the new year. We're going to be starting some new programs, and we're going to be very heavily kind of looking at outreach. So um, you can give me a few minutes and be patient uh, because it will take me a little time to say it. But like I said, I just want to share some of the things that God has been putting on my heart about outreach. There is a law in the universe that he's been teaching me about. And when Jesus was on earth, they asked him, you know, what is the most important commandment? And we know what he said, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Is, in this is the sum of the law and the prophets, right? The Ten Commandments is all about loving God, loving your neighbor. And, you know, the Ten Commandments were the law of the universe is not just the law of our world. It's the law of heaven. It's the law of all the created um, worlds that are out there. And even though Adam and Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they didn't have the Ten Commandments. They, ha they had this law in their heart. The Ten Commandments are kind of given to us as guidelines, right? The law was there before any of the rules were given because we needed help to know how to love, right? We needed points that, that God gave us. Um, when we go on vacation, I try to do family Bible study continuously, you know, as we go. And sometimes I'll take a book. But uh, sometimes because of the amount of luggage or the weight requirements, uh, we just go and then I just try to come up with things that we can talk about as a family. So one time we went and I said, okay, let's uh, just discuss the Ten Commandments as a family. And so we went backwards from, you know, the end of the commandments towards the front and just discuss whatever you feel about them. What do you think about them? Is it hard to keep? Is it easy to keep? And so we started at the end. So we started with the last one, um, do not covet. And it was a long conversation that day. Um, what is covet? You know, what is this coveting or is this coveting? And the kids would come up with questions. Um, and then we worked backwards. Uh, do not commit adultery. That was a very short. I didn't think that went through. I was like, oh, okay. So we a little bit of, you know, explaining mostly about just don't have two girlfriends or, you know, whatever. It was a short one. But then we got to the sixth commandment. Um, now I'm losing my train. <laughs> the sixth commandment is do not murder. And it was another really short one because Perry was like, well, that one is super easy. I don't feel like murdering anyone, and I don't think I'll ever murder. That one's really short. It was a really short conversation. Okay, do not murder. It sounds very easy. But then as um, I'm learning more about, I'm hearing more about what that commandment is, and I heard um, someone speak about the meaning of the word raka, and raka is that word that, is, that we use for do not murder. And it does involve do not murder. Um, but it's so much more than that as well. It also says do not play at murdering, do not pretend to murder, but it also talks about murdering not just the body, it talks about um, murdering the spirit, that part of that commandment is not just to murder someone physically, but to hurt someone's spirit so much that you have murdered them emotionally, and that that's built into the Ten Commandments, that love that God has for us and that he wants us to have for each other. But the Ten Commandments, you know, 
we don't really even do a good job of loving ourselves. So when it says, love your neighbor as yourself, even that we have a hard time with. So while Jesus was here, he said, a new commandment I give to you. And you guys know, John 13, and I'll sum it up. But basically, love other people the way I love them, because we don't even know how to love ourselves. He said, love them as I do, as the creator and father of the world, how he loves each of his created beings. This is the love that we should have for other people. The new commandment. So, and that takes a lifetime to learn. You know, I love the mission of our church. Follow Jesus, love like Jesus. And again, it takes a lifetime to know. I mean, it talks about when God loves someone, he admonishes them. He refines them like silver is refined. It's, if you've looked at that process, it's not an easy thing to do. It says in Micah, you know, with some people, save with compassion, and others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their clothes spotted by the flesh, which I probably don't even understand all of that. But to learn to love like God is, is a long process. It takes a lifetime. So the law of the universe Love God with everything you have and love his created beings as he loves them. But on this world, we have another component to that, something that other worlds don't have because there's something that we have that's different. We have sin. We have suffering. Um, and so he gave us another commandment, or he gave us another component to the commandments. Another thing that he's been teaching me is about the kingdom of God because I didn't really understand what is the kingdom of God? Um, I, I kind of always thought, well, the kingdom of God is heaven, right? Because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, that's something that we should be working towards. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, like, okay, I have to seek God's kingdom in all that I do. And when am I ready for the kingdom? Well, probably when I'm in my closet in the morning, when I'm praying and I've confessed my sins and I've been talking to God, and then I feel righteous, and I feel perfect. And the minute you walk out into the world, all of that goes away. So I should just be in my closet all the time, because that's where I can really, you know, feel that I'm ready for the kingdom of heaven. But he's been teaching me so much more about it. The kingdom of heaven, when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I was like, okay, maybe because Jesus is here, then wherever we're near him, it's like we're with the kingdom of heaven. But what about when he leaves? And the kingdom of heaven is like a field. So how is the kingdom of heaven like a field or like a lost coin or like the ten virgins? And I came to learn that the Greek verb used when Jesus is even teaching his disciples how to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that it is a present continuous. It's not a future tense, as in my kingdom is coming. It's as in my kingdom is here right now. And it's a continuous thing. It continues on to the second coming. And um, so the kingdom of God is at hand. And it, it, I looked at the the parable of the ten virgins a lot differently, you know, after that. So let's quickly just go through it. But the ten virgins, who are they? Church members, maybe Seventh-day Adventists. You know, they're people looking for the second coming of God. They're people who love God. Five of them, um, well, they all had oil. Oil, we know from Zechariah, is the Holy Spirit. But we spend a lot of time talking about the oil and the Holy Spirit, but what is it for? It's for their lamps, to light their lamps. And so the whole point to me of the 
The parable is that light, that the people who had the light lit the way of the past, and those are the people who made it to the wedding feast. Those are the people who got it. Everyone was looking for Christ. In fact, everyone had the Holy Spirit. But the ones who lasted, who shone God's light, that is the kingdom of God. It's us on the path in this dark world, lighting the way towards the kingdom of heaven. If we don't live the kingdom of heaven now, we're not ready to join the marriage feast when Jesus comes. It's not something that we can pick up later on. And so he's been just showing me a lot about, you know, what it is to want the kingdom of heaven here. And to me, that's what outreach is all about. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's to bring God's kingdom here, to love God with all your heart, to love other people the way the creator loves them. And through you, they can see what God is like. And then the third is to relieve suffering. And that's all that God wants for us. He wants us to love him. He wants us to love each other, and he wants us to relieve suffering. So um, we're going to be doing a lot of outreach this year, but I wanted to come up here so that I could give a call to the congregation for prayer um, because there's a lot of plans in a, man heart, in a man's heart, but only God's plans those will stand. Um, I want us to pray about what he wants for outreach for this church. And if we can all pray individually, also, um, I'm going to be in the back after the church service is done. If you want to pray as a group, we're just going to pray for what God wants for this church. I have a lot of plans, but sometimes God's plans are bigger. And maybe he's going to give you a plan that he hasn't given me. Please, you know, come talk to me because we're going to try to do as much as we can. And he has lots of plans for this church and a lot of things um, to go on. So that was, I wanted to give a call for prayer that uh, we can pray to, to see what God has for us. And then, um, really quickly too, we already have our first uh, event that's coming up. It's another uh, clothing drive. Uh, one of my patients that came in this week, when I do procedures, I try to just talk them up a little bit so that they're a little bit more comfortable. And we started talking about her. She's a teacher. And she was telling me about a high school here in San Bernardino that she teaches at. And they have the highest population of homeless high school students. They're in high school, but either their parents are not in this country, or their parents are in jail, or they've died. Some of them are living in storage units. Some of them are living on the street. And they still come to school because it's required and because they get free lunch because the government pays for it, but that they have a lot of needs. And she was telling me some of them don't even have coats, and it's been so cold this winter. So our first... Um, event is going to be a clothing drive. So recondo your houses and bring what you can, socks, shoes, uh, hats. They have younger siblings, so really any size. They have um, adults that need it as well, but that's going to be the first thing. So I wanted to share that with you guys, and if you, as a congregation, would just pray. Um, thank you. Happy Sabbath. Happy New Year. Just one more thing. Uh, that is part of our outreach this year. We are going to Cambodia this summer. Um, we have, we've been there before, uh, about four years ago. But this year we're going to do something similar. Now uh, We are partnering up with Adra of Cambodia and we want to take a team to Cambodia from June 11 through 21. We want everyone to sign up. Um, what we do is we uh, visit orphanage and schools there, and then during the week we go to the middle of Cambodia in a little city, 
and we do some uh, medical and dental clinics there. We do children's program. We build uh, playgrounds, outhouses. We build uh, wells so that they can have clean water. So please do sign up and go to Cambodia with us this summer. The deadline for, for Cambodia is actually end of this month, so please sign up. We're going to get our plane tickets soon. One more, and that is, if you look at this, this is actually very important because this is the way we want to communicate with you. You can get our weekly newsletter via email, but this is our way of like, hey, this is what's happening at church. You can pick it up and read it. This is our monthly newsletter. I know there are some, um, some bulletins with the Korean words in it. Uh, that one is not as important as this one. So please pick up this one and read and find out what's happening in our church. Okay? All right. In Kenya, there's a popular side dish called ugly. Okay? I mean... I mean, it doesn't sound very appetizing, right? It's like, hey, would you like some ugly? <laughs> like, what did you have for lunch? Ugly. Um, well, in Swahili, which is a language in, uh, in Kenya, it's actually ugali, but it spells like ugly in English. Um, anyway, this dish is, look at this. This is what ugali looks like. This dish is called Ugly in Kenya and Tanzania, but people eat this almost everywhere in Africa. Okay, they they call this uh, nishma in Malawi and Zambia, pop in South Africa. They call it satsa in Zimbabwe. I'm probably completely slaughtering the words, but um, anyway, they they eat all through Africa. Except it's the same dish, but it's slightly different for each region. Okay, it's kind of like kimchi, right? For Koreans. I mean, every Korean family, every Korean church, every Korean restaurant serves it, right? But in each family, each church, each restaurant, it's slightly different. It's the same stuff, but the recipe is slightly different. I feel like that's how it is with following Jesus. Our church is very, very serious about our new mission statement. So Kim came out and talked about, we're so serious about love like Jesus, Cambodia and all the outreach we're going to do. We want to love like Jesus. We're also very serious about following Jesus. Okay? It's like same stuff in each church, but the recipe is slightly different. Discipleship or following Jesus is the center of most churches. In our church, our mission statement is very clear. Follow Jesus. I mean, what Christian church would not believe in following Jesus? It's the same thing, but it's slightly different. All churches strive to follow Jesus, but what does that look like? What should it look like? What should it look like in our church? And what should it look like in your life when you follow Jesus? We're going to clarify that through our new series 
rooted. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this first Sabbath together in the English sanctuary as a church, as one spiritual family. Now, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is the first of our new series called Rooted. Rooted is a 10-week experience for people in every stage of life, um, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, okay? Uh, During Rooted, you'll explore what the basic life of a follower of Jesus looks like and experience and share stories of practicing seven rhythms. We're going to learn that later, um, which are essential to a healthy spiritual life. A pastor in Nairobi, Kenya, realized that each church has the same purpose and mission of following Jesus, but had a different recipe. However, he articulated the common denominators of all the recipes. He drew out what is truly essential the the all-encompassing core calling that Jesus left for his followers as Jesus transformed these ordinary people to extraordinary world changers. So that's what rooted is. That's what we're going to experience. I'm not saying after 10 weeks, all of us will transform into some super disciples. That would be nice, but... Probably not, but these 10 weeks can be a journey for people to experience transformation from complacent Christians to consumer Christians, from consumer to connected, from connected to committed, from committed to compelled. Our goal is that all of us turn to compelled followers of Jesus. Take a look at this passage. We're going to read it one more time. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their daily those who were being saved. We read from this passage that the early church went out preaching, teaching, and baptizing believers, and church grew. They were compelled by the mission and vision given to them and by their own experiences to tell others about Jesus and love like Jesus. And the church grew. We went through the series on our church mission and vision. So we're all aware of our church mission and vision. I mean, you can see it when you go out in the back. Follow Jesus, love like Jesus, and there's a world map. But when we incorporate our, incorporate our mission and vision in our lives, what should our lives look like? 
what should our church look like? We should be compelled to follow Jesus. We should be compelled to love like Jesus. As the early church members were compelled. So that is the goal of Rooted. It'll take us on a journey to become compelled people of God, compelled followers of God. In Mabuno Church, Nairobi, Kenya, they experienced that. Okay, they experienced exactly that. Uh, Through Rooted, the church transformed and people became agents who influenced their communities. They became outposts of God's kingdom influence. And they began to win for Christ. Let me give you a clear, clear picture of what's going to happen. You know, I like things very simple and clear. Okay? So, I'm going to show you a map. I actually tried to use the laser, but actually with our screen, it's so 4K, it doesn't work. So, I'm not going to use a laser. So, I want you to just like stay with me, okay? So, this is the map. This is when I go to PUC where my in-laws are. This is where I used to go at school at PUC. Um, now I go there. Well, I need to go there to visit my daughter. She goes to PUC. So whenever we take or camp meetings, whenever we take a trip to Pacific Union College, this is my route. This is my, my path I take, okay? Okay? So we leave from my house, and then we stop by Starbucks by Grapevine. That's why you see the word Starbucks there. Okay, so we get there, we get gas, and get, my wife gets her decaf coffee. And then we, we, we drive more, and by the time we get to Sentinella, a lot of times we used to stop by and eat at Anderson's Pea Soup Factory. How many of you guys have been to Anderson's Pea Amen. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So, so we would go there and eat, or if we don't eat there, then we would get gas there, stop, and then get some Del Taco, okay? If you don't do Pisu Factory, you just Del Taco. And then from there, about two and a half hours to PUC. So this is my route. This is my route, okay? This is my pathway to PUC. My starting point is my house, and the destination is very clear. It's PUC, okay? So next, so you'll see that you go from here, and this, you see that the line? That's my pathway. That's my route. Okay? I want you to keep that in mind. Um, so, Loma Linda Church, um, if we try to map out our spiritual journey, okay, all of us, we, we try to map out our spiritual journey, um, what would it look like? Um, you, you have a starting point. And you have a destination where you want to be. Okay? And then there is a route. There's a route that you take. That's your pathway. So in your spiritual map, it will be your spiritual pathway. So I want you to think about your spiritual pathway today. And I'm going to give you some examples. Next. So you're going to see that some people have this spiritual path. Can anyone relate? Do I need to explain? So what happens is like, oh, you know, I'm like not doing well. Like, but you're like, 
jump up, like you're really spiritually high. You, you go to camp meetings or, or you go to like a, like, a, uh, like a weekend revival or you hear a really good sermon. You hear a really um, good sermon from like online, whatever. And you, you go high and then what happens? Life happens. You go down. And then something really good happens again. You go up and down and up and down, ups and downs. Can you relate? Yes? So some of us have this spiritual pathway. Okay, next. Some people have this. It's like you, you move forward a little bit, and then you, you move back like three steps. Right? And then, and then you have a really good small group experience. You're like, oh, yeah. And then you go to like, like three steps back, and then you get really busy with life, and you go like 12 steps back. You're always like moving forward, back and forward, and going forward and backwards, forward and backwards all the time. How about this spiritual pathway? Next. And it's like, you know what? It shouldn't be even a line. You should be a dot. You're not going anywhere. You're just stagnant. And I don't mean like because of this, you don't go to church or anything. Hey, you know what happens to a lot of us? We become professional Christians. I go to church. I like Jesus. That's it. Like what else do I need, right? I like Jesus. I go to church. We become professional Christians. You get really good at just going to church and liking Jesus and that's it. Nothing really happens spiritually in your life, and you're just stagnant. Professional Christians usually just survive spiritually. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you're, you're like a pro at it, but spiritually you barely survive Or you just do all right. Today, Loma Linda Church, I want to tell you that you just doing all right is not okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you just doing all right is not okay. That is not what God created you for. You know what God wants you to do? Actually, Jesus wants all of us to be radical followers of Jesus. What kind of followers? Radical followers. Okay? Okay, l o m a n i the church. You know what our spiritual path should look like? It's right here. Do you see the root right there? Do you see it or not? Okay, next picture. I'm going to make it clear. That is the root down here, right here, okay? Our spiritual pathway should not look like up and down, up and down, up and down, or go back and forth, or just one dot or one line. Our spiritual path should look like this. This is the journey that we're going to take together. 
to make sure that my spiritual life, my spiritual journey, my spiritual pathway looks like a root of a tree, just like this. Because everything that we do, everything we are, just grows from here, stems out of from from that. Did you know the word radical comes from the Latin, Latin root called radix, which means a root. Radical following of Jesus doesn't mean that you're crazy or, or you're extreme. It means you are rooted. It means you are grounded. Radical followers of Jesus are rooted Christians. Your starting point is Jesus. Your your, your foundation is Jesus. And everything stems out from there. You know what this is? Look at this. Loma Linda Church, what is that? Okay, everyone from Southern California should know what this is. What is it? It's a tumbleweed. It's a tumbleweed. We see this everywhere in Southern California. In fact, I think I have a few in my backyard, okay? They show up especially when it's windy. They're not rooted at all. And because they're not rooted at all, they easily dry up and they die. And they just go tumble around everywhere, wherever wind leads. Is that how you want to live out your life? Like a tumbleweed? You think that's what God intended when he created you? Answers no. Something way better. Right? God wants us to be rooted. Rooted in the word of God. Rooted in Jesus. That is what Rooted series is about. It will be an experience for us to learn to live a rooted life in Christ. Okay, this is different from Anything we have ever done. This is, this is totally different from any series we have ever done. Okay? We want rooted to actually transform lives in our church. We are serious about spiritual growth of each and every one of you. We want to see lives being transformed. We want rooted to become the next chapter of your spiritual journey. Our goal for this experience, and we want this to be truly an experience, is for you to deepen your connection with God, His church, your mission, and your vision. We want this to be a life-changing experience for you. We want you to have clarity in how to 
follow Jesus. We wrote it right there. And we're going to show you exactly if you follow Jesus, this is what your life should look like. Through this experience, we hope you will be prepared to live a courageous life as a radical follower of Jesus. Look at this Bible text. Like everything I talked about today kind of sums it up. So check this out. I mean, I don't know how, but um, this Bible verse is like written for our series and our mission statement. Check this out. And now, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And now, just as accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, so you accept Jesus Christ, you must what? Continue to what? Follow him. And then next, verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Wow, that, I mean, that's it. We just want to follow Jesus and let our roots grow down into Jesus. There are three ways to experience this. Okay? Three ways. Number one, listen to the message. It's going to be a 10-week series. Listen to the message and practice some challenges. Uh, So if you miss it, you'll be able to go to YouTube and listen to it again. We live stream it and we record it. You'll be able to listen to it again. Also, you can, we have podcasts. You can listen to it while you drive. Okay? So don't miss it. Number two, the second option is listen to the sermons and follow through the workbook. Oh, man, I've never given you a workbook before. Please do not look at this as your homework, all right? It's not. We just want you to experience something really great. So as we start 2020, I'm challenging you to buy this book, Rooted Workbook. So you follow through your, your, your sermon and then you have this workbook. In the back, as you leave today, in the foyer, we have the sign-up sheet. Okay? This is worth like $100, but I'm going to give it to you for 15 bucks. Okay? You can sign up. And what happens is week one is just the introduction. You don't need to read it. And then when you hear the second sermon, week two, after that, After that, you start reading it, and each day there is something that you can read every day. If you miss it, it's okay. That's fine. Just read it next day. Just catch up. It's okay. So before you go home today, sign up so we can order your books, and you can pick it up next weekend. All right? I know. I told you I'm serious about this. Okay, our church is serious about your spiritual growth. We don't want any professional Christians in this church. Number three, listen to the sermon, follow through the workbook, and go to a small group. Go where? Go to a small group. You can join the existing groups. We have many small groups. 
okay? Please talk to the pastors or Dave Kim. Dave Kim, raise your hand. You can talk to him. He'll find you a small group, okay? Youth ministry, they meet on Wednesdays. Uh, many campus ministry groups, young adult ministry groups, family ministry groups, they meet on Fridays. Uh, a few groups actually meet on Sundays or they, some of them meet on Tuesdays. Every single small group in our church will go through the same exact curriculum during these next 10 weeks. Okay? For those like, oh, I don't want to go to an existing small group, you know, I don't know what to do. For those people, we're starting a brand new group starting on Friday, this coming Friday, brand new group. If you want to join a brand new group, go ahead. Judy and Amy will be leading that group. So show up. It's gonna, they're going to meet at my house. Show up with some snacks and stuff. Okay? <laughs> so they're going to meet on Fridays. Come on. You know, all the smart ones already figured it out. So in order for me to have the best experience with the Rudis series, what do you think you should do? Do all? Do all? Three, yes. In order for you to have the full experience of rooted, do all three. I'm praying that this becomes the starting point of your new spiritual journey. Expecting, I know, I'm expecting some significant commitment. I want to be upfront. about it now, okay? But think about it. If you think about it, anything that is worth, like anything that is valuable, you know that we put some really hard work into it, some commitment into it, and we had to make sacrifice. Right? How do you have such great career? How did you build such healthy family? How do you have such wonderful relationships? All of them, required hard work, commitment, and sacrifice. In the Bible, spiritual thriving, okay, spiritual thrive has been expressed many times as as a harvest. Okay? As harvest. You multiply, you produce, um, and there's a harvest. But the thing is, in order for the harvest to take place, there has to be seeding. Okay? Then underground, in the soil where we cannot see, uh, the seed breaks and the root begins to grow. When the root grows deep and healthy, the tree will grow tall and healthy. And one day, there will be a harvest. Without rooting, without being rooted, there will be no harvest. Each and every one of you in Loma Linda Church, I want you to experience harvest. That is why we're going through this rooted series. We're launching up 2020 so that 
can experience harvest. Let us pray. Father, it is amazing as I watched this church, Father, just grow in the last 10 years. It's just amazing what you are doing in this church. But Lord, now, it's not about this building, this church building growing. It's not about our numbers growing. It's not about our offering numbers growing. Help us, Father, so that in the lives of each and every member in LKC, we may experience spiritual growth. Help us to be rooted so that we can experience an amazing harvest in our spiritual life. I pray that you move the hearts of the people. I pray that you convince the minds of the people so that we can take this journey together. In Jesus' name.